say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode on Restored to More. This afternoon, we are so excited for our guest, Bonnie Burns. Bonnie Burns has a well-rounded understanding of what God desires for your marriage. She has been writing and researching God's design of sexual intimacy since 2012 on the blog OysterBed7.com and speaking about godly sexual intimacy on the popular podcast Sex Chat for Christian Wives. And when she can, she teaches OBS at Authentic Intimacy. More recently, she is APSATS trained in the process of CPC certification and the founder of StrongWives.com, a place where women are equipped, empowered, and encouraged as they walk toward healing from sexual betrayal trauma. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're excited uh, just to get to know you more and for you to share your story and just blow our minds with all the wisdom that you have, because I've heard you on so many different podcasts. I'm like, whoa, it's so good. So we're excited. I'll see if I can pull out a few more pieces of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm sure you're going to do awesome. Well, let's let's start with our audience getting to know you a bit. Um, Can you share just like a quick summary of uh, your story and how you got to be where you're at today? Sure. I'll try to make it as quick as I can. Um, (laughs) So 2002, we had a, a drip of discovery. Let me, let me back up just a little bit. We were both raised in Christian homes, um, raising our children in the faith, you know, active in our church community. But in 2002, we had a little drip of discovery, which, you know, of course, created some havoc in our home. But it was before we knew about Patrick Carnes, CSATs, APSATs. It was before any knowledge of that. So we muddled through the best we could. It seemed like it kind of went away. I thought he had a handle. And 
But in an effort to improve, continue to improve our marriage, we took a marriage class that changed our lives. Mm -hmm. It really did. It helped in so many facets of our marriage. It was called dynamic marriage. And because it changed our life, we decided to facilitate it. So Mm. we went and were trained to lead it. And we led several years of classes, but his business travel ramped up. So he had to retire. Thus, I had to retire because it's a couple's thing. But I thought, what can I do? I still wanted to help marriages. I still wanted to walk, walk alongside women who wanted to improve their marriage. And I thought, you know, God gave me the gift of writing, and I think I could take some of the things, the nuggets I've learned and write posts and do more research. And so that's how Oyster Bed 7 was born, Um, just my desire to continue helping. And through Oyster Bed 7, um, then I I got plugged into um, authentic intimacy and learning at the feet of Julie Slattery and... um, eventually leading some online Bible studies for her. Uh, But just prior to that, we had another drip of discovery. And this time I I had a little more knowledge. I had one or two friends who'd been through it. So I had some people to reach out to and uh, we got him into some counseling, but I still didn't have a really good handle on what sex addiction truly is So he went to therapy, he did everything I asked, and then it kind of disappeared. And he said he was released from therapy, and I embraced that, and we moved on. I even wrote a little bit about it on the blog. I've never painted us as perfect. We are just two flawed Mm -hmm. people trying to make it work. So um, I then was invited to be a co-hostess on Sex Chat for Christian Wives with three other writers, And that has just been an amazing God thing that we all have created such great friendships. The four, the four of us are really great friends now. That's, that's an aside, but (laughs) that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, we have text threads and everything. But from, from sex chat, then I decided I wanted to go back and become more credible by earning my bachelor's in Christian counseling from Liberty. So I did that. I went back, I earned my degree. And in the process, I thought, what do I want to do with this degree? And it dawned on me, I really wanted to walk along wives who had been hurt by sexual betrayal. Mm. So I uh, contacted APSAT. I was given the okay, but it was going to be about a year before I could get into the next session. So in the meantime, I bought Strong Wives, strongwives.com. And every time I sat down to work on it, I prayed Luke 8.17 over Dave because I knew that I needed a marriage full of sexual integrity Mm. in order to have a ministry like this. And so about nine months later, we had a D-Day, the big D-Day. And, you know, it was a blessing. Mm. I... I'm still not completely healed from it, but it was a mercy that I, I knew the truth. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have said that three months ago, even. Mm. Wow. wow. Really, wow. there's been a lot of healing. Um, but so that, that prayer was answered. And also another thing was answered was that I had forgotten what the pain was like. Mm. 
And so it is kind of hard to minister to women and really say, I get it. If you haven't experienced it in a while and uh, I get it. Mm. So that's, that's where I come from. That's how I got here. Wow. Well, thanks for being so transparent and just yeah. real. And gosh, we hear that from so many women. I charity shared that. It's that sense of like, at least I know now what's going on. Like there was a mm-hmm. sixth sense of, of, okay, there's something here, you know, and just that God's grace led you to pray for your husband without even knowing all this. And then it coming out, it's almost like he was preparing you, you know, in a way. And I agree. Mm-hmm. I see that now. Um, it, and you know which verse I really didn't like for a while? Mm-hmm. Consider it joy, the trials and tribulations. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, really? No. No. Mm-hmm. I, I still I don't like that verse that. all the time. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not even about betrayal or sexual addiction. I just, that's just, there's all kinds of tribulations. You're like, huh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was not part of, you know, maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's for, I need to mature more. Maybe that was supposed to be in so, the Old yeah. Testament. Not maybe that's new. supposed to be, I don't know. Maybe that's for, uh, both are, yeah. we have to read both, both are the same big. So yeah, it's just great. You know what I mean? I get it. Those verses you're like, huh, I need more grace. I, I need to mature before I can apply that verse to my life at times. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that though, man. Uh-huh. So this D day came out and, and then it was like, okay, now this pain became present all over again. What did that do to you? Were you like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to choose to dive deeper into the stuff that I've already understood somewhat. Is that when the journey started with APSATs and even more of that? Right. So um, actually within the first week, I laid out my boundaries. Fortunately, mm-hmm. because I had these two other women in my life that I'd seen walk through yeah. um, and my liberty training, I knew what needed to happen mm. now. I knew what my, my boundaries needed to be for his recovery and for my my sanity and my safety, you know, yeah. the relational safety. Yeah. So we started on the trajectory pretty quickly. Um, he found a CSAT. I relinquished all of his recovery to the CSAT to direct. Mm. Wow. Um, and he was, he is a fabulous guy. Mm. So he's, that's so yeah, that's when that, that's when that started. But I can't say enough for credentialed people mm. to walk with you. Yes. Yep. We're all about that as well. Yeah. You have to have mm-hmm. that. You know, even what we do is, I feel like we're creating some new programs right now. We're excited about it, but it's it's meant to be, it's meant to work with the professional help as well. It's supposed to coincide somebody walking with a therapist because they're going to dig out things and they're going to reveal things mm. that even sometimes workbooks or intensives can't do, you know, intensives are great, but you really need that person to keep walking with you for a while. Yeah, for sure. At least I yeah. can speak for myself. I, I know charity has her own opinions about that with, I think they're the same, but with betrayed, but for the yeah. guy side, Oh man, it's like you have to have somebody willing to walk with you on a consistent basis and dig deep into those intercesses of the heart to understand what were the root causes in the first place mm-hmm. for sure. Well, it's just such a sensitive topic, you know, for both individuals, the addict Mm. and the betrayed. So you want to go in and just make sure that you, you know, because you could, you could trigger somebody by saying a word, you know, if you are uneducated, then because that's what happened to us, you know, is that's why we're very passionate about this is 
that person who's going to respond, we call them a first responder, that person needs to know how to properly come alongside somebody through education and building safety for that individual. Uh, or they're going to say the wrong thing and then they're going to go back and hide in shame like we did. So um, we are all about all about yeah. that. Yeah. Bonnie, could you share with us um, a few of those boundaries that you did that created that safety and that security for you, the sanity that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in addition, the I mean, first and foremost, it was you find a CSAT. So uh, we went online, he went online and found somebody and it's actually remote. He's in the same state, but he's in a different city. Um, that's the beauty of Zoom right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, I wanted him to just find a meeting and his CSAT said 90 meetings in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And Dave was taking his recovery very seriously because this was my third go round mm. and sure. my consequences became, they leveled up mm. um, because I had tried the nice gal mm. the time before and it didn't have the impact. Mm. Yeah. So my consequences leveled up. Enough was enough. Yeah. Enough was enough. Matthew five twenty eight. And, um, yeah, enough was enough. Yeah. So because of the consequences, he was taking his recovery very seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, now he's farther along and I see a shift and this is the shift I prayed for. Mm -hmm. In addition to everything being uncovered, the shift is I wanted him to heal for himself Mm -hmm. and God. I didn't want him to heal for me Mm -hmm. because I'm not enough to keep him from acting out, obviously. Yep. It needed yeah. to be for God and for himself. So I've seen this shift, mm. which, thank you, Lord, praise God. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a shift in myself, too. Um, I have definitely leapfrogged towards healing. Mm. So anyway, yes, yeah, so back to the boundaries uh, and the consequences are well, so hold important. On. Well, hold on one sec. We're going to get there. But I, I, think <laughs> okay. should, I think we should okay. capitalize on what you just shared. Yeah, because that's powerful. so powerful. So powerful. I couldn't agree more. And it is that it's unfortunate that most guys only take their recovery serious when their wife says, if you don't change, I'm leaving. And they, and they mean it. And it's like, I want you to know if if you relapse again, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to divorce you right away, but I'm leaving. I'm going to be gone or you're going to be gone. You're going to kicked out of the house. And there has to be that ultimatum. And I think most women are so scared. Um, maybe it doesn't line up with their belief system. We're like, Oh, well, I don't know if that's what a Christian should do. And, and the reality is I think it takes a lot of, a lot of self love, which I think is biblical, right? Love others mm-hmm. as you love yourself. And you have to have that realization that God wants you to be safe, right? He wants you to keep your kids safe. He wants you to be sane. And if there's consistent relapse going on, you have to draw that line. And that's why I share this because women can talk about it all day long. Guys always kind of be like, dude, she said she's going to leave. Like, where's her forgiveness, bro? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, she has every right to leave right now. Like you continue to relapse. You continue to, to break the, break the rules. And, and they're always like, what? Like you would tell her to leave. I'm like, well, if, Yeah, actually, like at some point to draw that line and say something has to give here because what she's already told you hasn't worked, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, it doesn't doesn't mean it has to get to that point. But if you're not taking your recovery serious, it may have to get to that point uh, just for you to realize that you have to to go next level on this thing for it to actually change. And I'm I'm so grateful you said that. 
it's so empowering, I think, to so many women out there to mm-hmm. realize, okay, if he keeps relapsing and I keep, I, I know I say it's wrong, I don't like it, but you're saying one thing with your mouth and another thing with your actions. Mm-hmm. And us as guys, we, in our addiction, we can be very manipulative. We, we can, we can find ways to really please ourselves. And so if we're not having consequences that really are affecting us in big ways, I think we're going to keep getting away with it. And we're going to mm-hmm. keep choosing it. That's so unfortunate. We just, I think I just wish us as men, we could just man up. Like, come on, let's just man up. But, but I think that we need that. We need that boundary that says, or that consequence that says, if this happens again, this is not going to work out well. And it changes what's going on in our brain from it being in a good experience to a totally negative experience on the back end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the consequences aren't to punish him. Yes. They're to keep me and the the wife, or it's not always a wife, but the betrayed spouse safe. Yes. Because once your trauma hits, you're not safe anymore. Yes. Um, It's just like I've said on other things, it's just like witnessing death on the battlefield. Your brain doesn't know if you witnessed a true death or the death of trust, Mm. but that's what your brain reacts to the death. That was good. um, So good. So good. You were going to, I was going to say something else and I totally forgot because I was, that was good. That was really good stuff right there. But that was awesome. I'm so glad you said that for sure. Well, I would love to know um, for our listeners too, what is the difference between Oyster Bed 7 and Strong Wives? Okay, good question. Oyster Bed 7 was my original blog, which was uh, focused on wives with low sexual interest. Okay. So it was ways to improve uh, libido through health, uh, physical, spiritual, and emotional. Mm. Wow. The, you know, the trifecta. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I wrote about those three categories and how you could improve your interest in sex, as well as how to build a friendship in your marriage, mm. uh, because that's really the key to sexual interest. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people think that sex problems are just about problems in the bedroom mm. and they're typically not. They're about problems outside of the bedroom. So good. Okay. Uh, so that's oyster beds heaven. Yes. And then strong wives. <laughs> I forgot where we were going. <laughs> strong wives is my new website for my coaching practice. And I'll also be writing about betrayal trauma and, mm. you know, scripture mm. and just empower, equip, and encourage. Mm. But it's strong wives because I finally had to do my Wonder Woman pose mm. and say my consequence. Mm. Uh, I had mm. to find that inner inner voice. Mm. And it wasn't an aggressive voice. Mm. Yeah. It was an assertive voice. Mm. That's so good. That's really good. For um, sure. Can we go back to those boundaries we yeah, talked yeah, about? Yeah, Is that yeah. okay? Can we bounce back there? Okay, sure. I want to hear more about those. Go ahead, Bonnie. Okay, so the boundaries after um, I, you know, was really strong on my consequences to keep me safe. Um, and he was doing his meetings. Um, then it was, it was, we were working towards full disclosure. Mm. So then the boundaries revolved around if you remember something. Now, this is, this is for me personally, and not all women want to know totally. little things before the full disclosure. And it's, it's really good if you can wait and just do it all at once because your heart's not stabbed multiple times. But I'm a glutton for punishment. So, mm-hmm. so 
our my boundary was if you remember anything within 24 hours, I would like to know. Mm. And so that he did, he did do that several times. And even though it was hurtful, it was also trust building because he was finally telling me something mm. without me interrogating. Yes, mm. it was finally proactive. That was huge. And then we moved towards full disclosure. I mean, he met with his CSAT. There was never an excuse. He met with his therapist all the time, uh, every scheduled appointment. He did all his groups. And um, he really grew to love Samson Society, which is mm. are his Zoom meetings. And he's still very active. So, um, And then after full disclosure... There, we had boundaries on slips and relapses, and also a boundary that he will never again travel alone. Um, so I guess I'm going to be going on a lot of trips soon. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, there will be yearly polygraphs. Mm. So that's really why I am I am more secure mm. right now. Because I'm not, I'm trusting the polygraph and my boundaries. Mm. And that really f- gives me such freedom. Yeah. So true. And I'm not on his back. Yes. You do what you got to do, dude. You know, there's a poly coming. And, and the poly isn't to punish him again. It's so he can win. Yeah. It's so he can succeed and pass it. The poly is not to punish him. Yeah. It's just so, so I can so we both can see that he can pass it yep. mm. and with flying colors and we'll celebrate. Yeah. Mm. I love that. So cool. I love that. Yeah. It really is that growth mindset. We don't have to be here forever. We're going to grow and we're going to, you know, create that freedom to where we can build trust back into our relationship. And I think though that's those boundaries do, yep. you know, even, even mm-hmm. long-term the boundaries can change and they can shift and they can evolve and, you know, I think that's so good to have that because I think there is there a couple most of the time, not all the time. There's no one size fits all. There's never a, a one answer for everything. But most of right. the time, those boundaries can shift and they can mm-hmm. evolve if there is a longer, longer sense of true freedom and not only just sobriety, right, but actual freedom, actual recovery right. going on. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can go, oh, wow, okay, let, let, let's let's modify this you know yeah, yeah. that's what i hear you guys doing which is so cool and you're right it creates that freedom for both people mm-hmm. exactly and he works from home so if if he were in a an office with other women i might have some boundaries around that mm-hmm. you know everybody's situation is different therefore yep. your boundaries are going to look a little different and that's fine yep. and it's really whatever she needs to feel safe yeah and if he and if he's wanting to to rebuild that trust, he's going to take them seriously and not put the toe over the line. He's going to be proactive and stay two car lengths away from it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So good. Can you talk about, I've heard this, I've heard you talk about this before, but um, I want our listeners to hear your perspective on this. Um, Abstinence. Um, After, you know, D-Day, did you guys do it? Um, if so, for how long? Why you believe in it so much? Right. So, yes, we did the, we participated in the 90-day sex fast, which neurochemically 
a sex addict usually is their, um, you know, Song of Solomon says, do not awaken love before it's time. And I believe that it says that because as a young boy, when our guys are exposed to arousing images, they learn to live life with dopamine at a higher level in their brain. Mm. So dopamine at this higher level means that it's truly physically uncomfortable if it comes down to normal levels. Mm. So as a, a, a man who's been active in his addiction for most of his life, he's used to living life in his brain with high levels of dopamine, which aren't good for him. So a sex fast helps bring his levels down to normal levels. Plus, it's also the 90 days it pulls from addiction therapy with, you know, substance abuse that it takes 90 days for, I think it was cocaine or heroin or something to get out of the follicles of the hair. Wow. So in, in 30 days, the bloodstream should be at, at norms. And then at 90 days is when you're totally clean. Wow. So that's why it's 90 day. Um, I know every marriage is different, but I was willing to do radical things because it was the third time. And we're in our 50s. I don't have much longer to live. <laughs> I don't want that to sound morbid, but you know, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. You're like, hey, we need to get this out of our marriage. Like, we need to. You're willing to fight. That's what it is. I hear just a fighter spirit in you, and you're like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. He's willing to do whatever it takes. We don't want to just mess around with this thing and have it come back and rear its ugly head in three months, six months, one year, even. Like, let's do things we've never done before to live a life that we haven't been able to live thus far. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so during that time, we. we stayed away from all types of arousal, no kissing even. I mean, we hugged, but no passionate kissing, nothing to get his brain fired up. Um, and so we spent a lot of time outside of the bedroom building our friendship. Mm-hmm. We took weekends away. We, you know, played a lot of board games. Can I ask a question? Was that, was that yes. hard for you at all? Because I know you talk about Oyster Bed 7. You have, because, okay, for, I, I don't know your experience, but in my experience, Charity didn't have much of a sex drive when we got married. I mean, she would do it more for me. And then the girls that she, we, 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 our friends, you know, not currently, but post friends, they would say, oh yeah, I could go years without sex, you know? And so I think it's, it's common if there's some kind of trauma or there's probably a, a whole list full of reasons why a woman doesn't have a big sex drive, but you are in a different area where you actually started a ministry talking about increase your sex drive. So it's kind of a personal question. I know, but my question is, was it harder for you because you talked about it, you probably built up your sex drive and then boom, this happened and you have to abstain for 90 days. Was that a challenge for you at all? Or were you like, I'm cool. Actually, actually it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because, you know, through my writing, I'll be very transparent and honest. When I started writing, I had accepted some of his blame Mm. that if you'd showed up more, I wouldn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. So I had accepted some of that. So as I started writing and researching though, God started refining my understanding. Mm. And I finally realized that sex is for me too. Mm. 
and I have an equal voice in the bedroom. Mm. And so, yes. Um, and you know, use it or lose it. So <laughs> what, what I mean is that with frequent as a lower, as a woman with a lower interest in sex, the more you consistently engage in sexual activity, the more you will desire it. Mm. Your body gets in tune to it. Um, and as well as there is an emotional connection, um, even though I, I felt an emotional connection with him, even though he was acting out in other ways, mm. it's, there still was because we had had that marriage class, mm. which he had worked really hard at. Um, and, you know, you probably 35 still had a level later, of friendship that was yes. there, which we mm. talk about. You had different levels of intimacy, which still led to sex, which still had that bond yeah. that you're talking about. Because I've heard that. Yeah. I've actually, I, we've coached and mentored other couples. And he has I, one guy, I remember him saying, you know, um, we were doing the abstinence thing. It had been 30 days. And man, she just really wanted to have sex. And so I just, I appealed to her request, you know, and I'm like, uh-huh. and I'm like, uh, yeah, I hear you. Like, that would be very easy to appeal as a guy who's the betrayer. And be like, okay, oh, I'm so sorry. You want to have sex? Of course. But it was uncommon to hear that with a girl who wanted to. But that's why I was curious. But there are women that, Obviously, they enjoy it. They want that connection. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons, I guess, why a wife right. would want to reengage in sex. But I was curious in your standpoint, it was mm-hmm. hard to even like abstain from that. And hearing that it was, it was. I think, normalized it for some women. I really mm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was. But what really spoke to me was that he didn't push my boundary. Mm. And he knew that, well, and because I love science, I love mm. the neurochemical stuff. I mean, I spelled it out. And he's a pharmacist, so yeah. he knows all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And um, so I just, dopamine deal, or yeah. dear, dopamine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring your levels down. We're doing this for long term. Yes. And you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. It's not 90 days of for misery just mm. because I'm punishing you. No, it's about your recovery long term mm. and actually being able to enjoy sex on a whole new level mm. with a real person. Do you yep. believe it could be more damaging? Because like Clinton said, he just brought up a good question. You know, I think we've we've heard a lot of stories of wives. They just, you know, they want to have, they want to reengage sexually after something devastating like this because they just want to feel loved again or chosen connected. again, connected mm-hmm. again. They're like, okay, he chose me, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so I guess I'm curious, you know, in your, on your perspective on that. Um. You know, there's not one size fits all in this mm. recovery. Totally. I I believe in it just because he had never been in recovery. Mm. So I was willing to do whatever yeah. necessary for, to protect myself mm. from feeling that pain again. Mm. Yeah, what I hear um, you saying is, again, you're, you're the wife, in my understanding, the wife that's the betrayed isn't saying no to sex, not because she doesn't want to have sex. She's actually right. denying herself something. She's saying, I would love to have sex right now and connect emotionally with you. I'd love to connect sexually with you. We know it's a level of intimacy that can be expressed. And it's, it's a God-given thing that's absolutely gorgeous. But the wife is saying no to that for his healing because he yes. needs to lower those dopamine levels in his brain. Therefore, I'm going to help him recover by saying no to sex. I'm going to deny myself the pleasure of even feeling connected for 90 days. Uh, one right. to be safe because I'm you're unsafe if his dopamine levels up here and you're keeping it up here you're mm-hmm. you're you're not helping him lower that and and operate on an op- 
on a functional level, you're 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 actually hurting him by continuing that up up there, and it, it can be for, and that's why I think you know yeah is that what you're saying is that what I hear is that what I'm hearing right is that right you recapped really well <laughs> <laughs> that was all for me I just want to understand that better I hope somebody else was like man we could just fast forward that last part that was the same thing twice but. That was good for me. No, it was good. It was from a male perspective. Yes, it was a male perspective. It was very different at night. Yes, I understood. It was good. So as guys, we should be thanking you. You're not having sex with us. Mm. Wow. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Boom. Light bulb just went on in my brain. We are now grateful. (laughs) Okay, so let's take it a step further. 90 days is up. What do you encourage women, you know, to how do you how do you encourage women to engage sexually again? Because I feel like it is it can be very nerve wracking. It can be very obvious. It's very intimate again. I feel like when we did it, it we felt like it was our honeymoon night all over again. Um, and we were all like, you know, nervous. And it, it brought a very new uh, feeling in the bedroom for sure. Uh, and my, but my question is, yeah, how, what do you what do you encourage women who are going to be engaging in sexual intimacy again? Um, well, again, if you've been building that friendship outside of the bedroom during the 90 days, I, yes, I totally, I totally hear you about the nerves. Um, they're real. Mm. But if you can bring that friendship yeah. into the bedroom, I know that doesn't sound sexy. Just be mm. friends. Um, <laughs> but it's the, it, you know, it's and lightheartedness. Mm. If you yeah. can bring your friendship in with lightheartedness yet, the gratitude mm. or look at what we've just done to mm. glorify yeah. God because we want our marriage to be full of sexual integrity. Mm. And yet right now we're going to have some fun. Mm. And, um, but I do, I do understand the nerves, mm. but I would focus more on the friendship, the 90 days preceding mm. perhaps because he was so lost in, in his addiction, they haven't had a good friendship. Mm. Yeah. So that that might be yeah, a bonus to have his undivided attention during that 90 days um and what really helped Dave was that he was also doing his 90 meetings in 90 days. Sure. Mm. So he had a support group helping him who understood what he was going through yeah. and could bolster him up. You can do this, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, Totally. We do. We need that. We need, we need a lot of that. <laughs> we yeah. know that during that time, our wife is not the cheerleader. She's hung up the pom poms and she's, she's no longer going to be like, I'm rooting for you. I mean, she can be, it's, it's, a, it's, if our wives are doing that, man, thank you, Jesus. That is by the grace of God. Cause most of our wives mm-hmm. are just wondering if they should still be in the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, if they should, they stick around. So we need to rely on other support yeah. teams. You know, I, I love what you say. Cause we, we talk about that with absence. But go ahead, Bonnie, you can share your thought there. I'll come in after. Oh, yeah. I was also going to add that something we did, and it, it's I might write a little pamphlet on it someday, but we actually had like a ceremony mm. to re-engage, a recommitment. Mm. I didn't want a big vow renewal because I wasn't ready for that mm-hmm. yet. But just just between the two of us, um, I asked him some really important questions I wanted him to answer two weeks prior. So he answered those questions and we, we read some things together. We prayed, we put on some music mm-hmm. and reengaged. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not for everybody, but for me, that was an important step. 
Mm. Yeah. Which might help with some nerves Absolutely. just to get his recommitment yes. and some tenderness yeah. and some talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I, what I hear you saying was what we give advice to couples on too. And that is, it's not just abstaining from one thing. It's replacing it with something else. And a lot of couples, they, they get rid of sex and that was their only level of connection in their life mm-hmm. is Netflix and sex. And so they sit and they watch movies or they watch their TV shows and then they have sex. But outside of that, there aren't, there aren't long walks. There aren't, there isn't a lot of hand holding going on. There isn't regular mm-hmm. date nights. There isn't like playing cards or playing board games together. There isn't like, hey, let's read a book together. Why don't we just find a book we both want to read and let's read that book. It doesn't have to, it could be, it could be a, a, a fictional book. You know, it, it could be like something is just fun to read together, but it's some kind of engaging. Let's, let's go join a group. Let's join a Bible study. Let's talk about the Bible study together. Let's do some things. And that's what we talk about is those different levels of intimacy. Are you spending time abstaining from sex and then, filling that cup with those things, which I think is what you're saying is if you're going to re-engage mm-hmm. sexually, it's let's make sure this friendship is happening before we just go back to having sex. Like we don't need to just go to have yeah. intercourse just to have intercourse. Let's connect on these other levels. Right. And then intercourse will be entirely different than addicted sex as well. So good. Absolutely. Because you know, God made sex to be deep knowing intimacy. Yeah. Um, are, you're probably familiar with Yadah from Genesis 4. You know, Adam knew Eve. That's a yeah. yadah. He knew her deeply. Yeah. And God knows us with that yadah. Mm. So if God wants to know us that deeply, he created sex to be something amazing, but not just for the orgasm. Yeah. Mm. It's an amazing, deep connection that once you're finally out of the addiction world, I'm I'm hoping you'll be able to experience it. Mm. Can you talk about how you help couples build that friendship? Cause I know you're a big, you're a big pro for this, right? You're all about helping couples. And this is what my understanding is what even oyster bed was about. It's about helping women understand how to build that friendship. So here you are speaking to, to a husband and wife about, Hey, where does a couple start? You know, I mean, Sharon, and I obviously have, have done that, but I'd love to hear like, where does a couple of listeners are like, Hey, where do we start with that? Like, what do we do? How do mm-hmm. we, how do we friend each other? You know? Well, yeah. Friend each other. On Facebook. Yeah, first, that's the first thing you got to <laughs> do. Or, or if you're Facebook. off social media, yeah. <laughs> don't be doing that if you're off social media. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it starts with building time into your schedule. First of all, we're all so, so busy. Yeah. Start pairing some things off your plate so that you can commit, you know, I say a half an hour a night mm. and then maybe an hour on Saturday doing something fun or two or three if you can fit a date in. Um, but yeah, car, start with building it into your schedule and then figure out what you both kind of like to do, not what one loves and one hates, but what you're both okay with, because if one hates it, it's really not fun for them. So, um, you know, bowl, I am weird. I still love to bowl. <laughs> and, so, That's not weird. We'll That's bowl. great. <laughs> yeah, so we bowl, um, haven't done it since COVID, but yeah, and just play cards. I, there is a recreational inventory that I can send you all that you can put Ooh, in the show notes. Yes, if you want. please. That would be super yes, cool. Yes, we would love that. Yeah, yeah. And it's got about a hundred things that you rate one to five, and he rates one to five, and everything three and above you try to do. Yeah, wow. that is really cool. I I think that's fantastic. We yeah. might even so ask you if we can do something friends. like that. 
Yeah, it's just remembering what you did when you were dating. Yep. Mm. Um, it's so true, right? Because when you're dating, man, so the endorphins are going. You're you're so excited to see each other. I mean, even the touch of a hand, and you're like, oh man, yeah, you're stoked about it, and it's it's just yeah. getting it's back to that hot place. and steamy in those times. Like, yeah, so many. <laughs> Um, women, I feel like are like, man, if we could just go back to the dating days. And I think even, you know, men think that sometimes oh, yeah. too is like, oh, man, yeah. you were all over me. You jump yeah. on me, you know? You and it's like, and you get married and it's like, what happened? <laughs> People joke about that <laughs> all the, the time. Door, like, I know. I know. So and true. here's the deal. It goes from, you know, the newlywed phase lasts about two years and your dopamine levels and mm. other neurochemicals, yeah. the feel good and love chemicals are really high. Mm. So you really are getting a burst wow. of wonderful sexual arousal and mm. stuff. Yeah. But then long-term marriages, they get built on oxytocin. Mm. Mm. That's right. The and connection. I like to um, make the analogy of in, in second Kings, I think it's 19 when Elijah steps out and there's this big windstorm, mm. but God wasn't in the wind. Mm. And then there was this big earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire and God wasn't in the fire. God was in the still small voice. Mm. And that's the satisfaction of a long-term marriage. Mm. But I don't think we're told that in premarital counseling. Yeah. No. You know, there's a shift at some yeah. point and you have to accept it. It's mm. a maturity and it doesn't mean that sex can't be great. It really gets better as you get mm. to know each other. You know everybody. You know each other's flaws, especially as a betrayed partner. You know every flaw, mm -hmm. um, and of course they know yours too. But it's it becomes different, deeper, more connected. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so all about good. the yada. You know, it's all about knowing that person, and you're, and that's what's. And I think that's what's so cool. We talk about this a lot. What's the more in Restored to More? And the more is when the guy gets to have sex. And I don't even like the word sex, but it's, I know it's, sex is fine, but like make love, right? Something that mm -hmm, gets mm -hmm. to make love with his actual wife, mm -hmm. not with the idea of somebody else, not with his wife in his mind 20 years ago, you know, but with his actual wife and all, yeah. all of her. Right. And, and all of yeah. him and she is actually making love with him and, and he is present and he is accepting yeah. that she's not making love with him because she feels bad for him or because of a duty, but she actually wants to be with him yeah. and he wants to be with her. And that yeah. is a part of the more at least. And it's knowing that person mm -hmm. because I think deep down, you know, we, we think that ladies all want to connect, but we don't talk about enough of how men want to connect too. We want to be known. Mm -hmm. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. So many of us fight the fight that inner voice of shame and and the, and that we don't have enough and we're not enough and we're not strong enough and we're not buff enough and we have gained too much weight and we're not smart enough and we compare and we always I feel like most men compare ourselves to somebody else who has something we don't have, and so there mm -hmm. is so much power when our wife says, "I want to be with you, just yeah. the way you are," and yeah. so. I love that we're changing that conversation because I think the conversation before has been that marriage is work. And we, we know that that's true. We get it. Right? We, on one level, we're like, for sure. But, but what if we viewed it as like a blessing instead of a work, like a task? Because most of us for work, it's like, okay, I got to go to yard work. It's not something we like look forward to. It's something like, okay, I got to go do it. You know? and, but what if it was like this, 
this different mindset where it's enjoyable. And yes, it at times feels like it is, it has take a toll on us, but it's something that is God given. And the more that we press into it and the more we, we work on it, it's going to be less like a task and more like this thing that we're going to enjoy. And and we're going to, and it's mm-hmm. going to come, it's going to come back to us tenfold, you know, and all of that. So I love what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And to get back to what you, you mentioned about before the work part, what you were talking about. Oh yes. Men want, yeah. Men want to be known. And that's what I've told my husband is that I wanted you. I mm. always wanted you. It's, um, I didn't care size. I didn't care any of those comparison things you were doing. I don't care. Mm. And I think the typical wife does not. Mm. She just wants authenticity and transparency mm. and him to show up. And mm. that's what I tell him. I just wanted you. Mm. And so I get it. Yeah. And I hope men can hear that from their wives yeah. as well. But flip side, he's also needs to say, I love you mm. and I choose you. Mm. That's why I'm in all this recovery work. I choose you wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's really powerful. So powerful. Bonnie, this has been amazing. Can you please tell our listeners about how they can get plugged into more of what you are offering and what you're doing? I know you're revamping the Oyster Bed 7. Um, what can they get plugged into right now? So right now, yeah, I'm revamping Oyster Bed 7, but right now you can plug into strongwives.com. Um, I do AppSat coaching as well as some um, intimacy coaching. And then also you can hear me every other week on Sex Chat for Christian Wives with three other hostesses. And we talk about practical tips and tools to help build sexual intimacy in your marriage and friendship's a big part of it. So you'll hear me talk about that over there too. So awesome. Wow. Well, just you, um, in the beginning, you're like, well, I'll hopefully I'll be able to pull one or two things out. Well, um, I like wrote out like 10 or 12. So, uh, thank you so much for being here. And I feel like I had so many other questions that I wanted to ask too. Cause when you just start going, you're like, Oh, I want to ask yeah. that, and that, and that. But I just, I just am so grateful that you are willing to take time to be on our show. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. It was my honor. I'm glad to get to know you guys better. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being with us on the restored to more podcast. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the Ask Us Anything page at RestoredToMore.com. Also, quick note, all the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website. Say my name.